Hello and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson. I'm a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams. I'm a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about doing good in the world without getting caught up in perfectionism. Hey Janine. Hey Shannon. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Happy New Year. This is our first recording of the new year, of the new decade. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I love turning that page on the calendar. Yeah. And it's also great to talk to you because we have taken a little break. And even though we've been um, having a podcast out every week, you and I haven't talked for a little bit. It feels I like forever. Even, yeah, I can't even remember when we last talked. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was like two weeks ago, but it feels like forever. Yeah. <laughs> it was before Christmas anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Definitely. it's nice to hear your voice. You too. Um, and it's nice to be back recording. Yes, absolutely. Nice to dust yeah. off the microphone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and today we are um, responding to a listener call that we got a while back. Um, and we thought that this would be a good topic for the new year. But uh, here's what Casey has to say or what she wants to ask us. Hi, this is Casey from Portland, Oregon. My question is, with all of the things going so dramatically wrong with humanity right now, how do you choose which one to focus on? Because... I have found that trying to fix all of the things or give my energy to all of the things is not working. And so I end up doing very little. So I would like to know what would be getting to good enough when it comes to things like helping the world and being a good contributor to our world. You guys are doing a really great job and I appreciate the podcast. Bye-bye. That's a really great question that Casey is asking, you know, when that when there are so many things that you um, want to do or ways that you can see that you could make a difference, it can be pretty quickly overwhelming and and then you end up not doing anything. Absolutely. And I think right now um, in the world, I think there's enough outrage that people feel or just, you know, I just feel like there's we're all maybe not all of us, but many people are simmering and being able to take action. In, one, in some way where you feel like you're doing good and maybe making a difference um, is so empowering. And yeah. it's a shame to think that overwhelm could stop you from doing anything. But absolutely, I see what, I, I totally get that. I think I've experienced that, certainly. Yeah, definitely. And, and I really experienced it firsthand just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, when, so I'm, I am really starting to train for walking the Camino in earnest. And um, I 
ask Santa for a long-handled grabber for Christmas, which I got. Santa thought it was very weird. (laughs) (laughs) It is Um, a rather odd gift request. Yeah, I know. He's like, what? Okay, (laughs) send me a link. (laughs) So... um, so I used my long handle grabber yesterday to pick up trash on my walk. Oh, that's amazing. Where were you walking? Uh, I just walked. Um, so I, I often do a loop that goes from, um, I'm on the east side of Portland, and I walk across a bridge and then walk on the west side and then come back across another bridge and then walk on the east side. So it's about a three and a half mile loop. And it's all urban? You're not in a park it's, or something? Um, it's all urban, but there are part of it. I'm on um, mixed use paths, multi use paths. Mm-hmm. So it's like a walking, running, cycling path. Just, just wanted a mental image. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, and so I thought, you know, because I've been noticing garbage on my walks a lot, and I thought, you know, I should pick that up, but I don't want to touch it. So right. now that I have my long-handled grabbers, um, I can just, as I'm walking, I can just pick stuff up and put it in a bag and throw it out. And um, perfectionism showed up because I thought, you know, I'm picking up garbage. I should pick up all the garbage. Mm-hmm. And um, that became a problem when I'd only gone about a half a mile in 20 minutes and already had a full bag of garbage. Um, oh, oh, Portland, I expect you to do better than that with the litter. I, n- I know. It used yeah. to be so litter-free around here. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So um, it, your your walk turned into a from a training walk to help you prepare to walk this long journey that you're going to be doing next spring to a garbage collection walk yes like the whole the whole point of the walk (laughs) yeah and I I need it to be a training walk Mm -hmm. primarily and then secondarily if I can pick up garbage that's awesome so when I realized like what was happening then I made some different choices and realized I wasn't going to be able to pick up everything and also I walk this route pretty regularly so you know if I miss it this time I can pick it up next time like it's you know well and um, you want to leave some trash for other people to pick up (laughs) right for all the other people picking up trash (laughs) right who knows maybe you'll start a trend yeah yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I posted about it on Instagram and Facebook, and um, one of my uh, Instagram followers said, "Ooh, this is so cool! I want to do it." So, oh. and I know she walks a lot. Um, she's up in Washington, and so that would be awesome if she did it in her neighborhood. Um, but but I started to have to make some decisions and not be perfectionistic about it, and I decided that I would pick up stuff that was in my path or easily accessible from the path. Like I wouldn't stop to pick up things. Mostly I wouldn't stop. And then I would focus mostly on sort of the really toxic stuff like Mm -hmm. um, plastic and um, cigarette butts. Oh, excellent. And so once you made that decision, did that uh, satisfy your brain? It did. It, and then, you know, it was a little hard to, like, walk past um, 
you know, big pieces of paper or mm-hmm. like wadded up flyers and stuff like that. But I sort of figure, you know, the paper is eventually going to biodegrade mm-hmm. and especially in the rain. And it's, you know, it's probably not optimal to leave it, but it's better to get the plastic and wrappers and lids and bottles and things like that yeah. um, if I have to limit what I'm going to do. And if you had told yourself that you, or if you if you hadn't reframed it, if you if perfectionism reigned and you thought you had to pick everything up, you probably would have done that about once. And then right. it would have been like, yeah, I can't do this. There's, I'm never going to get any training in. And you would do right. nothing. I mean, toward that particular goal. Yeah. Um, so that's fantastic. First of all, I'm really impressed that you thought of doing it. You're making me think maybe I should do that when I walk Bix. Um and which you know i've been walking dogs since 1992 and i've never <laughs> once crossed my mind so uh i think that that's amazing and inspirational and i love the the way you just set some boundaries around it to help to so you took away the choice all this choice of well you took away the all or nothing mentality and then you took away right. the choice right you didn't have to stop and think whether that's a good contribution to your bag and your limited time. You're just picking up the toxic stuff. That's so yeah. smart. Yeah, and um, and it, it feels really good. And and I feel like um, it makes a difference. You know, how much of a difference it makes in the greater scheme of things. I think the really the the biggest difference it could make if is if it did inspire other people or you know all the people that passed me if they picked up a piece of trash or didn't litter. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest uh, result from this or, you know, possible. Yeah, it's possible that somebody who previously didn't think anything of dropping their candy wrapper or or leaving it next to the trash can rather than bending over and putting it in the trash can might, if they saw you doing this, think twice the next time. Yeah, I really think that's true. I think that that could make that kind of ripple. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, huh. and it was it was interesting. This is just sort of a little Portland side note. Um, when I first started doing uh, longer running, and and I would cross from the east side to the west side of Portland. Um, to begin with, people on the west side were friendly. Like almost all, everyone on the west side said hi and no one on the east side but that has changed noticeably in the last year or two which i think is sort of odd and then yesterday virtually everyone i passed even people on bicycles said thank you to me (laughs) as they passed um and on the west side virtually no one said anything to me Oh, how They just looked at me like I was a weirdo. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe they thought I was like a convict or something on doing right. community service. <laughs> <laughs> By yourself. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't wearing an orange jumpsuit or anything, right. but still. Right, right. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Huh. Well, I can I imagine you got a lot of smiles from people, on the east side anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you said you live, which side do you live on? I live on the east side. East side, right. Um, wow, that's really interesting. Well, good for you. And I'm wondering, as I'm thinking about it, the the crowd on the east side, the people I passed on the east side, were significantly younger than the people on the west side. Uh huh. And I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, and that's part of what spurred me on to do this is 
the kids in my life have been talking a lot about um, the environment and climate change and and I think what we're doing to our planet strikes them much more heavily than it does people who are older. Like, yeah, because you know, young people are going to live with the consequences of, of this. Right, case. and I think yeah. it weighs much more heavily on them yeah, than yeah. Um, it. You know, than I think it did on me. Like I, I don't like it, but it's not what keeps me up at night. Right. And um, and I think that it is sort of what keeps kids up at night. And mm. so I was thinking, you know, like if we could all just do a little bit, and it's easy to think, particularly with um, the environment and climate, that like what can one person do? Mm-hmm. But you know, like we said, it could create a ripple of like you know the three bags of garbage I throw away isn't much in the whole scheme of things, but it's something and it could create a ripple effect that really could make a difference right and over the course of your training for this walk in june i think is it may or june um yeah that and that's gonna be you're gonna pick up a lot of trash yeah even if it's one bag a day if i picked up one bag so i'm i'm planning on three walks a week Uh um and so even if i just did one bag per walk um and i don't and i leave at the beginning of may that's like 18 weeks what's 18 times 3 um 54 so that would be 54 bags of trash at a minimum yeah yeah how big are these bags well the grocery bags with handles uh-huh. right wait aren't those illegal oh they're not plastic that's the problem I don't have, I have a couple of them because <laughs> they are illegal in Portland. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm hoping to figure out how to get my hands on um, more handled uh, plastic bags. I can mail you some. <laughs> okay. We use them for poop bags here, right? So we, 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 have, plen- we have plenty. I'll mail you some. <laughs> that would be excellent. Okay. Um, well, you're totally inspired me. Honestly, I, I have a grabber, although I don't know if it's long-handled enough to be appropriate. But I do have a couple of grabbers, um, so I might use one. I'm not going to walk Bix now for a couple weeks, unfortunately, because I'm going out of town tomorrow morning before yeah. dawn. But um, <clears throat> when I get back, I'm going to give that a shot. I could see that uh, being very doable and being helping my neighborhood a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent, Janet. Yeah, but I think it's just you know, I mean, we got we're sort of into the into the weeds, the specifics of this particular thing. But I I think it's a good example of how to do something that is doable for you that has an impact on the greater issue you're concerned about. Right, and how just choosing something that resonates with you and doing it is um, right. without worrying about it being the most, the perfect thing or the thing with the most possible impact. Um, just doing something, even the act of doing anything, is helps the world and helps you personally, I think. Right, right. And the other thing this makes me think of is um, your writing postcards to voters. Right, yeah. So that's something that, helps me feel less helpless about the uh, political climate 
and I think it might make a difference. Um, uh, can't hurt, I don't think. It's right. going to hurt anything, right? And right. I enjoy doing it. So I th- I can't remember. I think I'm up to 1,800 or something that I've done. Oh, my gosh. Like June of 2018. So I That's try to amazing. do it most days. I'm writing a few po- Every week I write, I don't know, 10 or 14 postcards a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and they're going to Democrats who, uh, re- uh, registered Democrats, so they're they're hopefully welcome and just as a reminder to vote. Um, yeah, and you know, we I sent postcards in to the, uh, for both the gubernatorial races in Louisiana and, and uh, uh, Kentucky, and both of them were surprising, they surprisingly went blue, so... I know yeah. it was because of me, personally. <laughs> I think it was completely because yeah. of you, uh-huh. and I yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, but, uh, yeah, in, but, but mostly it's just was a, it was a very easy way for me to help that was completely in my wheelhouse. Like, yeah. I can do it while I'm sitting on my butt. I can do um, be a little creative with it. I, that's why I took up doing hand lettering, so I enjoy that aspect of it. And... I just, every time I drop those postcards into the mailbox, I just feel so good. Yeah, and I think that it's okay to pick something, as you people who are paying attention will notice from these two examples, that they are um, supporting something that we both want to be doing for pleasure anyway. You know, you're right. enjoying the hand lettering aspect. <laughs> and the TV watching. And the TV which watching, I, which I'm doing while I'm re- writing the postcards. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm I'm walking anyway. So uh-huh. you know, I think as a way to get started, figure out you know something that you love to do or would like to learn to do, and how you can incorporate that in helping other people out in the world. Exactly, and and that helps make it easy. I mean, right, we, the, sometimes it's so easy to get overwhelmed by choice. That helps narrow it down, but also takes right. away barriers. If it's going to be fun. Like, yeah. it would be really hard to get me to go door-to-door and canvas for voters. Like, right. I just, I would find that really hard to get started doing. And, yeah. um, but writing post- friendly postcards, no problem. I also couldn't call them. <laughs> but yeah. I can write postcards. I've done some, <laughs> I've done some phone banking before, and um, I did it on election day, and I was happy to do that, but I don't want to do it on a regular basis. That's not something I want to do. Right. I don't want to be a volunteer that calls people. But, right. Maybe it's all different um, now anyway. I mean, yeah. The whole phone thing. But, yeah, yeah. So that's for – there's probably – a volunteer opportunity or um, or doing good opportunity out there for any possible thing you can think of and it, that right. fits the way that you can do it. Right. Well, and that makes me think of my other regular volunteer gig, which is um, for SMART, which is a program in Oregon, and SMART stands for Start Making a Reader Today, mm-hmm. and it's a program where volunteers read with um, students pre-K to third grade for an hour a week and so you have two students um, for half hour each for one hour and um, they either read to you or you read to them and and it's very directed by the student and while reading is a big part of it you're not teaching them to read you're not 
you know, sort of coaching them as readers, you're providing a safe space for them to learn to read. And then, um, and for a lot of students, what you're doing is being a reliable adult in their life. Mm. Um, right. And so, so it's a, it's a, yeah, I've, and I've gone to, they have a big fundraising gala every year and I've gone to that and so heard all of the stats on how many people are helped and and now they're having um, people who were some of the original kids in the program are now involved in running the organization. Oh, and, you know, to oh. hear from adults who were some of the original smart students and what it meant to them and how it changed their life is really inspirational. And that's an hour a week. And it's super fun. I love reading. And mm-hmm. I love reading with these kids. And, um, you know, so it's a it's something that I make time for to do, but it's not a big and it's not a big um, overwhelming commitment in any way. Right. Although, I mean, give yourself credit. An hour a week is not nothing. Right. I mean, it's uh, but but yeah, that's that's terrific. That, that, that hats off to you. And, and you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it enhances your life to meet these kids. And you've been yeah. doing this for years, haven't you? Um, yeah, I've been doing it since 2013, I think. Oh my gosh, that's a while. Yeah. Yeah. Last year I got my, I think this is the beginning, this is my seventh year of doing it. And last year they gave me a five-year pin, but I had actually done it a year longer than that. They forgot to give it to me the year before. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm on my seventh year doing for your it. statistics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. So, yeah, not letting perfectionism either get you caught up in um, in choosing some way to do good um, is one one thing, and then also avoiding perfectionism while you're trying to do good is another thing, right? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, and that's one of the things I love about the Postcards to Voters program is they, I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, they're, they really want the postcards to look homespun, I and mean, they do not want them to look like they were purchased and printed, or, you know, right. um, so while I try to make my handwriting good, if I have to scratch out a mistake, it's not a problem. Yeah. And I love that. Which is great. Yeah. With so much less pressure. Exactly. Yeah, and this makes me think of, um, there's a couple of newsletters that I've gotten over the last couple of years that, and of course I can't think of any of the names right now, but we'll put them in the show notes, but they give you ideas of things that you can do depending on what you're most concerned about. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No idea. Um, well, oh, there was oh, like um, you mean like um, Jen Hoffman had yeah, one. Jen Hoffman, Americans of Conscious or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and then there's another one that um, gives you sort of four levels. It's like if you have a minute, do this. If you right. have an hour, do this. If you you know whatever, and it gives you sort of levels of ways that you can get involved. Right, that's cool. Um, yeah, so I will find that and include that in the show notes. Um, and they may not, they may or may not be relevant to the 
kind of good that everybody wants to do. Uh, but right. it, it might be a starting point to find similar newsletters, like if your issue is, I don't know, what a, animal welfare or something. There's probably something out there along those lines yeah. as well. I think both of those things are more geared towards political issues. Right. Um, Great. Well, cool. But I think that that the key is really accepting that you're one person with limited time, and so something is better than nothing. And, you know, it's like you said, I mean, how much time do you think you've spent writing those 10 or 14 postcards, not including the, you know, stopping to watch TV? Well, yeah, it's impossible to separate <laughs> the two. So I couldn't tell you, but it's not, it's so enjoyable that it's not, um, it's not an issue. I mean, yeah, I mean, I probably, yeah. <laughs> I would, they would go a lot faster if I weren't watching TV at the same time. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But I'd be watching TV anyway, right? In my case. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like no additional time in that in that regard. Right. So, uh, so that's that would be the thing that I would really encourage Casey to look at is when you know just pick one thing for now and figure out some small way that you can do something mm-hmm. and that is that feels ridiculously easy because if you set the bar too high you aren't going to do it it's going to be too hard it's going to get overwhelming fast so and the and you know i remember this back around uh 2016 when i felt like there were all of these things that i felt i should be doing and i couldn't do them and i remember thinking to myself well i just have to trust that someone else is going to to take care of that other thing Mm. you know someone else is going to show up to that protest or someone else is going to make those phone calls or you know my part can be this and i'll trust that someone else will take care of the other thing right because you literally can't do everything so right trusting that others will fill in and they'll do the things that speak to them right yeah you know if we uh, if we all do a little bit towards the the issue that feels most important to us then i feel like everything's gonna get some help right yeah well i hope that's a helpful discussion for casey who gave us a call on the hotline a little while back hopefully she's still listening (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I'll I'll hit her up on social media so she'll she'll know that we're finally responding to her question. Um, but I have to say that when she first asked it, I felt a little overwhelmed by it. like I, I don't know how how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us some time to really sort of think about what you can do. And and in my case, I think I had to have a little bit of a personal experience with it, mm-hmm. a very concrete experience with it. Well, I'm glad you did. I think it uh, it's provided a nice discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So we would like to hear from you, our listeners. Um, have you figured out a way that you can do good in the world um, without getting overwhelmed or overly perfectionistic? You can let us know by calling 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. You can also comment on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at Getting to Good Enough and on Twitter at GTG Enough. 
And of course, you can always find us online at gettingtogoodenough.com where you can comment on the show notes. Uh, But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. you're going to send me grocery bags. I was worried about what I was going to do about that. (laughs) Well, use them in good health. (laughs) Thanks.